Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Well, I hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas, a safe holiday, got to spend some time with maybe family, maybe friends, do a little eating like I did, always too much, and watched a little football, which was also fun on Christmas Day, I thought. My takeaways, Steve Versnick, from this entire extravaganza on, on Christmas Day in the NFL was this. Um, Philly's still not that strong, and the 49ers could be in trouble. It's a week-to-week league, but Brock Purdy, if he doesn't get out in front of you, right, mm-hmm. and you're not chasing the 49ers, it's going to be darn interesting to see just how far he can carry them. Uh, and I think he's been terrific. He's out of the MVP race, and Lamar Jackson, barring a total collapse, is your most valuable player in the NFL. Uh, well, no question about it. I mean, I think Christian McCaffrey's still up there with a he's shot. He's in there, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, Lamar Jackson, I mean, I, I think Baltimore's the best team. I love what their defense does. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Francisco's defense is good, too. But Lamar's a better quarterback than Brock Purdy. And... Both have great defenses. I'm not sure Lamar has as many offensive weapons, but he himself is such a big weapon. He's such a dual threat. Yeah, yeah that makes everybody else a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it it was clinical what Baltimore did to Brock Purdy. Which we haven't seen that happen to him yet in his career. No. And he just looked like I, I got no answers. That's a good way of putting it. And that's yeah, he, that's not a good spot if you're San Francisco, but better to get that out of the way now than come playoff time. Well, you know, sure. Now and, they can figure out some things. They're not going to face many defenses like the Baltimore Ravens. I no. mean, they're one of the top defenses in, in the NFL, and they have been for some time. They really got after them, and they did a nice job on the back end um, disguising some things and, and, of course, intercepting the ball. But, yeah, Purdy just he seemed out of sync. I mean, they came out right down the field, first drive, and then he throws a pick in the end zone, didn't account for the safety, um, or when he's throwing to the end zone. And then it was just kind of a kind of a struggle pretty much the whole day. And and it, they were still in it, you know, uh, in the first half. And then, you know, eventually Lamar just did Lamar things. I mean, he, he extends plays, finds open receivers. And you're right, he doesn't have the greatest cast around him, but – um, they went in there, and what was interesting, you know, as physical as, as as the 49ers can be, I thought Baltimore really was heavier. They 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 were so much fit more physical and took the fight to San Francisco, and I thought they were a little ticked off. They were like six-and-a-half-point underdogs or something like that, and that can be overrated, that whole motivation thing, but they've beaten some good teams this year, and they they arguably are, are the best team in football right now in a way. Um, and I, and I do, I think that, I think San Francisco and I, we watched them play the Bucks and they, mm-hmm. they beat the Bucks by a couple of scores, but remember that game in the second half, the Bucks moved the ball on them up and down the field and they just didn't finish If They finished two drives for touchdowns. They win the game by a point and, um, they weren't able to do it. 
But this NFC now suddenly seems, Steve, wide open, which is really interesting for the Bucks, right? Because a couple weeks ago you'd have said, oh, the 49ers by far best team runs through San Francisco. Before that you would have said, oh, no, Philadelphia best team it runs through Philly. Now I don't think it matters where, where you go. You know, like I, I don't think there's a mystique mm-hmm. about either either team and Detroit they, might be they might get the one seed. Yeah, they they might be the one seed. You may have to go through, you know, Motown uh to try to get out to Las Vegas and that, that would be interesting as well. Um and, and even Detroit I think has vulnerabilities in their secondary and things like that. But they played just so well for so long. Didn't make the playoffs, you know, or I'm sorry, didn't win the division for like thirty years. So that that's rare air up there too. And not a not a playoff experience team if that matters. So all I'm saying is this. <laughs> Let's see what Baker Mayfield and the Bucks can do in these final two games. And if they come in with the wind in their sails, quite literally, um, and they win six in a row to finish the season, and they win ten games, and they're playing name the team that's coming here right now would be the Dallas Cowboys who haven't been good on the road. They've been a different team on the road this year than they are at home. Uh, look, it's there, there, there's no, I thought there was, but there's no super team in the NFC. I think Baltimore has that look about them to where they may be really difficult to beat um, in the postseason. And how about the job Todd Munkin has done? Oh, fan- by the way. fantastic job. And by oh the way, so a stat on Baltimore that I saw. I wish I could yeah. remember where I saw it. Yeah. Baltimore has beaten seven teams this year by 14 or more points with winning records. With winning records, yeah. No I, team yeah. has ever done that for five teams in a season. And they've done it for seven. Yeah. Now, some of those teams may end up with losing records by the end of the year, so it may not may not be the same stat, but still. Yeah. Like, they have taken apart teams like San Francisco, mm-hmm. like uh, I believe Cleveland was one, Buffalo. Like I mean, they've taken apart some teams. Yeah, and it's I, it's I, impressive. I think they're you know, and we know John Harbaugh and what a good coach he's been in his history. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you'd like to see them not be as Lamar reliant as they are at times, but that's who they are. And the, the key is is that the defense keeps getting turnovers and given good field position and when you do that um you know you're just you're just asking for trouble because Lamar's going to cash in every time he's just a really special player well and, and he's really smart with the way he runs like he doesn't yes. take many hits he doesn't no he he's not like where you see Jalen Hurts doing the tush push and and mm-hmm. and getting beat up like that and and, and Jalen's been very durable I'm not taking anything away from him but like the risk of injury to Lamar seems less than some of the other mobile quarterbacks mm-hmm. based on just as slippery as he is and, and, and as smart as he is as far as getting out of bounds or getting down. Like he doesn't take many hits. Right. You know, that's the way a mobile quarterback needs to play that way. You can't, not that Baker Mayfield's a mobile quarterback, but sometimes he's looking for the hit mm-hmm. when he needs to just go down. Agreed. And, you yeah. know, Lamar doesn't. Lamar will go down. He'll run out of bounds. He'll go down. Yeah. I think he's learned to protect himself, mm-hmm. even though he's an absolute beast um, when you get him out on the edge and things Absolutely. like that. To your point, these are the, these are the scores um, when you talk about the Baltimore Ravens, okay? 
at the time when Joe Burrow wasn't going very well, they did beat the the Bengals 27-24. They beat C.J. Stroud in the opener 25-9. to um, They had a loss to Pittsburgh, which wasn't good, but it you know that's a rivalry game. Who knows? They took apart the Detroit Lions. Yes, they did. 38-6. to Think about that. 38-6. to Oh, and then they went and played Seattle, another potential playoff team. 37-3. to They beat them. Um, played Cincinnati again. I mean, you know, Chargers, they handled. The, the Rams was a game that they won in overtime, 37-31. Rams are playing as good a football as anybody right now. They beat Jacksonville handily, 23-7. to and then, of course, San Francisco, they took them apart, you know, 33-19. Now, they've still got Miami. And that game, I think, Steve, is going to be for the number one seed in the AFC. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Baltimore wins, I think they may clinch it. I think they might, yeah. Uh, if, if if Miami wins, I think then it's up for grabs the final week. The final week, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And Baltimore, I think, finishes... They finished up with uh, with Pittsburgh. We got to see when that game is. And that Pittsburgh may be sure. fighting for a, a playoff spot at that point. They might. With I mean, uh, the other thing Iron is Baltimore's doing it in the division that all the teams are above five hundred. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're eleven and th- or twelve and three now. A lot of teams alive. A lot of teams alive in that. We had a chance to talk to uh, Todd Bowles. On Christmas Day, Christmas morning, I should say. I guess it was, well, it was a little after 12, so it would have been Christmas afternoon. And, um, you know, not not surprisingly, when you really think about these two teams in the NFC South, that it's going to come down, at least this Sunday, um, to the Bucks trying to get past New Orleans to win a title. And, you know, you go all the way back to 2017, the Saints won the NFC South for four straight years, from 17... 17- and through 2020 when Brady was here, remember Tom Brady couldn't beat the Saints in the regular season. You know, that was his that was his kryptonite. He got them at their place in the postseason, Drew Brees' last game in the divisional championship in 2020, and then went on to Green Bay, won there, and then of course won the Super Bowl. Um Todd Bowles has had much better success against them then. And um, you know, I, I think it's fitting in a way that you know, a team that won four straight NFC South titles is now playing the team trying to win its third straight, which has never happened before um, in the history of the Bucks. in terms of, you know, no matter what division they were in, NFC South, NFC North, NFC Central, you name it, um, they've never done that before. And so, you know, when we talked to Bowles, you know, he just said, look, they, you know, it's, it's hard to dominate any division, like name a team, right? I think I think the Chiefs would probably have the longest streak but he said, uh, you know, Saints have been running it for quite a while. We won a couple games, and we won it the last two years. We're trying to win a third year. But it's it's always going to be tough sledding, you know, trying to close it out. And um, I think what he's most proud of is that his guys stuck together. You know, they were four and seven. They lost five out of six. Or, yeah, five out of uh, six out of seven games at one point. Uh, and... Um, but but he could see, he goes, you know, I asked him, I said, well, you know, how discouraging was it during that stretch when you were losing all those games? And he goes, you know, I was actually encouraged during the losing streak because we were fighting and we were making just boneheaded plays here and there. We knew that if we cleaned that up, 
uh, we could win a game by one or two touchdowns. And so we just kept looking at it that way every week, and we just stuck with it and, you know, corrected guys and um, learned how to, you know, play more more smart football and just clean some things up. And the next thing you know, everything starts going well for them. And so they couldn't be hotter than they are right now. And they're, I think, the second longest winning streak, active winning streak in the NFL right now after San Francisco lost. But, you know, Baker Mayfield has been the key. He's playing great December football, which is what it takes. If you're going to win, your quarterback has to play great. Uh, and then they're getting a lot of big plays for some of the young guys. You know, Yaya Diaby um, takes the starting job from Joe Tryon Sharinka around midseason. And now he leads the Bucks with six and a half sacks, leads all rookies in the NFL um, with six and a half, or is tied for the lead with six and a half. And the other night he had, you know, a sack and a half. He had five tuckle, tackles. He forced a fumble. He recovered one. So what's, you know, great about him is they, they didn't necessarily project this as a third-round pick this year. He, he was a three technique. He was an inside defensive tackle more than he was an outside linebacker when they drafted him out of Louisville. That's where he played. And then it turns out, you know, they were thinking, well, he'll be solid, setting the edge on the run, you know, that sort of thing. Um, lo and behold, he's got tremendous pass rush ability. He's strong as he can be, and he's quick. Um, and he's just really exceeded expectations they had of him as a pass rusher. They didn't know that he was going to develop this quickly as a pass rusher and get the quarterback on the ground like he has. And his story is really compelling. I wrote about it, I think, in training camp. I mean, this guy came out of high school, didn't have good grades, um, he eventually goes to the Georgia Military College, I think. Uh, and at one point, while he wasn't in school, he was trying to get back into school and make money. And he was working at Atlanta Hartsfield Airport um, doing the wheelchair uh, thing when passengers need assistance to the airplane. He was the guy that would bring the wheelchairs and and transport them, uh, you know, to the jetway. That that's what he that's what he was doing instead of playing college football. And he eventually makes his way to Louisville, and the rest is history. He's a third-round pick, and now, now he's one of the biggest, you know, rookie stars in this league. The way he's played, um, so he's, you know, having him come on, having, you know, Kalijah Kansi continue to play well. They're young guys on defense have been special, and then you have, you know, the old heads. When I say old, but like the guys that have been here, no, no, none better than Baker Mayfield, and uh, obviously Levante Davis playing good ball. If you can get Devin White to be the Devin White of 2020, he could absolutely carry your defense the way he played the other night. I'm guessing that the uh, platoon is probably over, Steve. I'm guessing that Devin White's going to be there every day inside linebacker after what he did. Well, and as we talked about on you know Sunday night or Monday's podcast, like mm. that's the special that we all know he's capable of, we've seen yeah. for a, a good bits of his career and why he's going to get paid, whether it's the Bucks or somebody else. Right this offseason, despite everything else that's gone on, because mm-hmm. he shows that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you always say special shows up early. He showed up early. With special. Oh, he did. Yeah, he was special. He said yeah. some bumps along the way, but right. because of that, you know, he'll always have a place. Someone will give him a shot. Someone's going to pay him for his upside, and they're going to say, well, we're going to, you know, we're going to get him right. And they might. You know, they, mm-hmm. they, I mean, maturity, it's funny how that happens to all of us, right? The older we get, the smarter we get. Um, and 
but you do see the talent, which is extraordinary. When it's focused and when it's channeled and when he's playing the right way, his interception was superb because he played that technique just right. They were in the, the true Tampa 2, the cover 2, and you know he was dropping back and then out to the flat. And um, you know Trevor Lawrence thought he had a, a nice lane there, and he just you know jumped right in front of him and made a nice pick. Um, and then, of course, he got pressure on the quarterback, got the ball out, like all that stuff was the Devin White that we saw in 2020. And if he's going to be that Devin White, listen, I, I think the NFC is wide open. And I know they haven't clinched anything yet, but they've just got to win one out of their final two games, either Sunday against New Orleans or at Carolina. Uh, and they're going to be, you know, hosting a, a wild card playoff game. So if, if they if they keep the momentum going, um, they're they're going to be a tough out if they can play this way, especially on offense, as hot as they've been. It's it's going to be a uh, it's going to be an interesting postseason. And I I you know didn't think the upside would be this high, and and maybe they lose these final two games, and we're talking about something totally different here in a couple of weeks. But I don't think so. Uh, but I think you know having the Saints here is the perfect team for them to um, close it out with and and do it at home in front of their home fans, and so. They've got lots of uh, lots of motivation uh, for Sunday's game. All right, we'll get to uh, – we've got some mailback questions here coming up in just a minute. Uh, and uh, But first, I, I wanted to, to mention this, Steve. This broke sort of late on Tuesday um, out of uh, Santa Domingo. Um, the prosecutor's office there for the children and adolescents apparently searched two homes in the Dominican Republic looking for Wander Franco, the Rage shortstop, on Tuesday. That's according to the Dominican uh, Dominican Republic newspaper. Um, and they reported that they were looking for Franco on allegations of having a relationship with a minor from, from Puerto Plata. Uh, and Franco had returned to the Dominican earlier this month. Um, the Times, we had reported that. Mark Tompkins reported that uh, previously um, he was not located by authorities on Tuesday and they were, they had a couple houses. They went to his maternal home uh, and then they also uh, the newspaper reported that they went to his home in uh, Villa Real and neighbors there said that uh, he left con con they left contact information for the player to get in touch with them. Um, MLB insider Hector Gomez posted on, on X that, New evidence has been uncovered, and he says, quote, that further implicates Franco in the accusations that have been made against him of alleged relationships with minors. Um, his U.S.-based attorney had no comment. So this is obviously an ongoing story. Seems to be something going on down there or a little bit of movement with authorities, perhaps. Hard to know exactly what the intent was. Um, but anyway, those are the reports, and None of that that I just said, Steve, sounds great for the Razor for Wonder. It doesn't, unless they're you know trying to ask him about an extended warranty on his car, as I saw many on <laughs> right. Twitter. Yeah, I got, we get those calls all the time. Yeah, I kid about that, but I, I you know, know it's a serious subject, and and it doesn't sound good. But we don't know the context. We don't know. We we just yeah. don't still don't know a lot, and no one confirmed what the authorities were. They may just to want to question him. They just may want to talk to him. It might just be that time, right? Yeah. Maybe they're wrapping up their investigation, and he's the you know typically when you're doing an investigation, the the subject of that is the one you want to talk to last. Mm-hmm. So it could just be they're coming to the to the completion of that. Um, so you know, I just, 
Look, I'm in the news business, but I've seen these things go. And, and if you're, you're talking about another country that I'm totally unfamiliar with in Dominican Republic, you know, law practices or, or police practices. So I'm the last person that's going to try to tell you what the hell's going on there. Um, but uh, it's it just on the whole, this is just not a a great thing for Wander Franco or for the Rays. And, um, you know, the more, the more there's headlines like this, then the less, the less optimistic you become that he's, that he's going to be playing this next, this next year, which is, let's see, we get to December and then before you know it, we're steamrolling towards February and, and spring training and things like that. So we're not that far away, uh, from, from the major league baseball season starting, but check it out, uh, in the Tampa Bay times, Tampa Bay.com. Christy Ackert has a story about the uh, Dominican Republic authorities uh, looking for Wander Franco. Uh, we got your mailback questions here coming up. We'll get to those in just a second. And uh, I think we have time for a few of those. Yeah. Uh, I just want to tell you guys, first of all, for the past 14 years, the skill pros of May Electric Solar, they've been installing solar energy systems in Florida now. They provide the most reliable solar equipment, the best installation methods, and service, while helping homeowners cut energy costs with an environmentally friendly investment. Well, May Electric Solar uses their own skilled employees, never subcontractors. As you know, they always offer the safest and most reliable equipment. Now May Electric Solar offers a 30-year no-cost equipment replacement and labor warranty. That means for 30 years, May Electric Solar, backed by Solar Insure, means that your roof, your electrical, and equipment replacement is all covered. Solar Insure even survives May Electric Solar and is owned by the homeowner with no deductibles or additional fees. And this policy will transfer to new homeowners also with no fee. It's not a blanket insurance policy. In fact, only the best contractors are allowed to be part of this program. May Electric Solar's reputation and history of their workmanship has earned this membership. To learn more about May Electric Solar's installation and their 30-year warranty, call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. All right, we got some time for a few mailbag questions, so let's get started. Craig tweeted, he says, hey man, Baker's played his ass off. And while it's not the greatest line, but they've gotten better, the run game's been subpar most of the year, yet we find ourselves in first place, and that has a lot to do with number six. I would be very disappointed if they do not re-sign him and Big Mike. Yeah, Big Mike I'm not so sure about because, uh, and really in, in both instances, the, the player has, um, you know, it's their choice, right? They're free agents. They, they've worked for this. I Listen, I, I think that, both sides, in fact, I know both sides have expressed expressed an interest in doing something with Baker. It won't happen until the season is over, until they have all the information. And yes, you know, he could look really bad in these final two games, and maybe that changes the picture. I don't know. Um, I don't think it's going to, because one, I don't think he's going to play so poorly that everything he's done for the last, you know, seven, eight, nine months is going to really uh, be lost because of it. So, they have been so impressed with with not just his his play on the field, which has been extraordinary these this past uh, three or four games anyway, um, but also what he's done just kind of incorporating himself and in, you know being the the leader of this football team. I mean, so often you know we always say by position your quarterback's your leader, but you still got to earn that, and you, and he uh, is sort of that everyman quarterback that. You know, whether you're on offense, you're on defense, you appreciate the style of play. You appreciate uh, the desire and how smart he is. Um, this year, he has been extremely careful with the football under difficult circumstances. You know, uh, twenty what six inter- twenty six touchdowns and uh, 
eight interceptions or something like that. Um, really good ratio there. And, you know, he's, I think his passer rating is ninth in the NFL right now, which is pretty extraordinary. And he's found himself with an organization that is stable, that has enough pieces left over from a Super Bowl championship, not that far removed. And so usually when there's, you know, mutual interest like that, the deal gets done. Now, now the timetable, I mean, if I had to guess, uh, it's it's probably not going to happen until March, right before, you know, that the uh, free agent signing period. And I've heard crazy numbers, you know, people talk about the Geno Smith deal, which, which sounds about right. If you're going to make a parallel, Geno would be, would be that guy. Um, others say, well, Daniel Jones is getting 40 million from the Giants and he sucks and he hasn't won anything. Um, and that's true too. So it just depend on, you know, it's not a hometown discount because it's not really his hometown. <laughs> He's been to a bunch of them, but I just think Baker likes the organization, will want to build on what he's learned from Dave Canales' system. You would think year two they'll be even you know further down the line. And then, of course, he's got some pretty outstanding players. Will one of those be Mike Evans? I don't know. Um, I'll say this. I think Mike is very capable for these next two years anyway of putting up very Mike Evans-like numbers. I think he's, he's the guy that Tom – Tom Brady had a great influence on in terms of taking care of his body, um, losing a little bit of weight. And I know that, you know, Brady had, had talked to Mike about, hey, you know, you, you've already gotten a big contract. You know, you drafted here. Um, you made a bunch, you know, made a bunch of all-star games. You went to a Super Bowl. You've done everything. But, and you've been able to use that platform to change lives, which is very important to Mike with the Mike Evans Foundation. And I think Brady's speech to him and others was, what if you could get a third contract? What would you be able to do with that sort of wealth? Um, and how many lives could you impact if you, if you made it to that, to that third deal? And you know what? Whether it's here or someplace else, that's what Mike's going to do. Um, he's going to make it. And I, I think it will be here. But again, you know, it, it if his market value gets in the $27, 28000000 million range, then nah, I don't see that. Uh, you got Chris Godwin under contract for one more season. You have to deal with him down the road. Uh, and if you sign your quarterback to thirty-five or $40 million a year, that's going to eat up a significant amount of your salary cap too. Um, but I would say, yes, they'll try to keep both. And my guess is that Baker Mayfield is your quarterback uh, in 2024. Garth tweeted, Very little the last two weeks from the Fire Todd Bowles Club. Anxious to see what transpires when it sinks in that the NFC South title will ensure Todd Bowles and Dave Canales will be back next season. Yeah, you know, it's been quiet. Um, and and I've been sort of, if you recall, Steve, I was kind of like the point of the spear because a couple things annoy me is like when people – you know, start on the whole, oh, look at him on the sidelines, arm folded. He doesn't inspire anybody. He didn't motivate. And I always thought motivation was overrated. How do you get to the National Football League if you're not self-motivated? But I do know there's a place for it. Um, but there was a fire bulls, fire Todd, fire bulls crowd that only a month ago, you know, was trying to get him out of here on rails. And they probably still don't want him for various reasons but they're quieter now. They've gone back wherever they came from and now they've been replaced by 
Yeah, yeah, resign Baker. And there were some Baker haters too, but that's yeah, darn right you resigned Baker. And you, I think Todd's done a great job and you gotta bring him back. And uh, so, you know, opinions change and everybody loves a winner. And there's still those that would prefer that, you know, they have a, a different head coach, but continuity wins in this league, and I'm here to tell you, you know, I know that head coach right now wants Baker Mayfield back. And he can't be more effusive in his praise of him and it competed against him and all of that. And I think Todd's going to be back. I mean, the way things are going, I don't think there's any question. If you, if you hang three banners over there, you know, in a row, something that hasn't been done and, and two of them belong to you. I just don't know how you make a change at the head coaching spot. Um, but that crowd, that group, and you know who you are. And some of you, I really flipped the switch, <laughs> literally and figuratively, when uh, when called out on it, and you know who you are, um, but you know this this is this is why, you know, when we talk about the NFL season and it gets really dark and lonely and it's a bad road and there's glass and you know all that, um, you just don't know when a team is going to come out of that. Like you have to play the season, the whole season, the entire season, and yes, even though the games count in September and October, um, you really find out what you got in November and December in this league. You just do. After Thanksgiving, it was what Tom Brady always said. I don't think he's wrong. He's the GOAT for a reason. And the good teams start ascending. They start gelling. They start understanding how they're going to play, how they're going to win. And that's what sort of what the Bucks have done. So um, it is quiet, but we'll just give them, give them a week if they lose another game. Those folks will be right back at it, I'm sure. Jeff in Tennessee tweets. He says, if they do clinch next week, do you see them doing the same thing as last year and not caring about the final game? Just seems to kill momentum. You know, I think there'll be a change in that. And we asked Todd Bowles that the other day. It was kind of more of a hypothetical at the time, but um, and it still is. At the time, though, I don't know that Detroit had won yet. Certainly they have now. It's going to be really hard for them to to move up in in terms of seeding. I mean, they lost to the Lions for starters. Yeah, they cannot catch the three seed because all, all those teams have eleven wins. The, the other yeah, three the best winners. they can do is what four. Yes. Um and and you know that would change who they play and all that. Um maybe not for the better, but uh, look, I I don't think it matters who they play. I did last year. I thought that the Dallas was a bad matchup, and I still think Philly's a better matchup for them than Dallas. Um, where it helps to get the higher seed, quite frankly, is if you get past the first round and there's an upset above you. You know, if you remember Tom Brady's second year, everything was falling into place for them right up until the blown coverage on Cooper Cup, because Brady brought them back. They they tie the game. It looks like it's heading into overtime, and then. Matthew Stafford, you know, hits a couple of deep shots and it leads to Matt Gay, you know, kicking a field goal. But if they had won that game, okay, they had won that football game, the number one seed was upset and the San Francisco 49ers would have been the team coming to Tampa with Jimmy Garoppolo to play the Bucks in the NFC Championship because they were rated higher Um you know, than San Francisco was was going to be. Uh, and so that would have been interesting. And, and you know, 
The higher the seed, if you win, you got a chance to host maybe one more than one playoff game. But in this case, I don't I don't see it necessarily. I, I think they're gonna be, you know, the last seed as far as division winners go. And I think they're gonna I think they're gonna host Philadelphia or Dallas, but that remains to be seen. But um that's kind of where I think they're gonna be. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. John tweeted, he says, How smart does Jason Light look now for putting all of Tom Brady's dead cap money on 2023? Maximum flexibility for what might come with Baker Mayfield, Antoine Winfield Jr., and Mike Evans and others. Yeah, and I think that's why he did it, and he's very smart, and so is Mike Greenberg. You know, and they, they look, they didn't make any secret what they were doing. They were pushing everything down, down the road um, to try to give Tom Brady every chance, you know, in the small window that he had. They thought they'd have him two years. He retired. He came back. Um, they, that caused them to do some more readjusting, and, and so they ran up one hell of a bill, you know. It's like – Hey man, the party's over and everybody's really happy and they'll talk about it for years, but then somebody's got to pick up the check, right? Uh, and and that was Jason Light and Mike Greenberg. And it's like, well, we're not going to finance this. Let's just go ahead and pay it off, empty our wallets here, and you know, then we'll come back a year from now and we'll be we'll be ready to go again. And and that's what they did. And I I do think it was smart. It didn't help them this year, uh, but they they managed to persevere with a very young roster and very young talent and I think all the credit goes to Jason and his scouting staff um, you know John Spitek and and Mike Beal and all those guys because they went out there and they didn't just find young players right like draft picks and stuff but their free agents uh, as undrafted guys have been terrific too and so many of them are making big contribution and it's rare when you have a rookie class that has that many players not just playing but starting and, and making huge plays so um I think I think they've done a great job, and I think it was smart. You didn't know how it would turn out, but they've managed to stay above water and to win a, a third straight NFC title. You know, with a year that's better than so far, at least I think it's gonna they're gonna finish better than what Tom Brady's last year was, quite frankly. And it just also doesn't seem as you know like when Brady played that final season, there was obviously a lot of off field stuff. On the field, the product wasn't good necessarily. Like these guys seem to be playing a better brand of football, and there's not the sort of you know misery that's surrounding their quarterback that surrounded Tom for all, all the reasons, right? The uh, on the field, off the field, all of that. Um, you know, Baker's in a much better place, so um, hopefully, you know that that would be something that the uh, you know that the Bucks would benefit from, but I, I I think they do. I think Jason Light looks smart, and that's why Jason Light is one of the longest tenured GMs in the league. He does really smart things. Less ask Mike Evans, Antoine Winfield Jr., Tristan Wirfs, Levante David, Devin White, Baker Mayfield. In what order do the Bucks try to sign these in the off season? Yeesh. Um, I don't know about the order. I will say this: that 
there's a couple guys you named and and Tristan is not a free agent like he's still got a fifth year option so they got a little time with him if they chose although it would lower his cap number if they sign him to a long-term extension which I think they will of all the guys you named I think the guy that if they couldn't get a deal will be franchised is Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, he's not going anywhere like I can I can tell you that. And Tristan's not a free agent. He won't be going anywhere either if and when he ends up signing a new deal. Um, as far as the others, we, we kind of talked a little bit about Evans. I think Mayfield's a priority simply because he's a quarterback. And if you're going to go that direction, you want your quarterback. You just don't want a guy. We saw who the free agent class was. And, yeah, Kirk Cousins may be out there next year. Um, there might be a couple others that we've heard about. But – uh, you know what Baker is, and you know how he fits Dave Canales' offense. So he's got to be one of the top priorities um, that they have coming into free agency. Who did I miss? Um, um, Mike Evans, Levante Mike Dave, Evans, Devin White. But White's not going to resign. White, White won't even, will not be offered a, a contract to come back, and that's just because they know what he's seeking, and there's been a lot of drama on and off the field, and I know a lot of people over there really like him. Um, personally and professionally, think he's an extraordinary player, and he is. Um, but I, I just don't, you know, for his sake, for the Bucks' sake, I see him going out and trying to cash in uh, somewhere else. And Mike Evans, look, I don't know how you don't resign him. Um, he's absolutely as productive as he's ever been. He, he's gonna, he, he's one touchdown shy of his club record of fourteen. Um, He's not that far off from his club record in terms of by the time the season's over in terms of you know receiving yards in a season. So he's playing as good a football as he's ever played at age 30 and he keeps himself in extraordinary shape and it matters to him and he has a streak of 10 straight 1,000-yard seasons that he would like to absolutely keep going. And I think you'd, you'd do well to really – come up with a number that you think would keep Mike here. Um, and I don't know that that's Devontae Adams money. I, you know, I don't know if that that's 26 million, 27 million somewhere in there. Um, because that would be difficult to do, but you got to find a way. And usually, you know, if Mike says, Hey, I don't want to go anywhere else. I like where I'm playing. I like to finish my career here and not for nothing, but I believe in Baker Mayfield too. You know, like, He's played with so many different quarterbacks, and very few of them were any good before Tom got here. And now that Baker's here, they've had a nice connection, especially in the red zone. And so I'm sure that, you know, Michael trusts Baker if he stays. And that's going to be the thing. Like, who's my quarterback? What chance do we have to win? You know, like I'm at the end of my career, not the beginning. Um, or do I want to go home, you know, near Galveston and play for the Houston Texans with C.J. Stroud, who's an ascending young guy? So there's there's all those questions, but I just can't believe that, that Mike Evans is not going to be a buck, even though it, it's up on, it's it's his call. I mean, he gave them the deadline before the start of the regular season. They didn't make him a contract offer, so you know what? Now that now he can do what he wants, and and wouldn't surprise me if he left. But absolutely, the Bucks need to try to find a way to to lock him up for at least maybe you know two three years. All right, great questions. We still got more we can get to throughout the week, and you can send them to us anytime at SportsDayTB on Twitter. You can send them to me at NFL Stroud, uh, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. We've got college football, bowl games, football extravaganzas, 
including the Orange Bowl, Florida State and Georgia. That game is what, Saturday? Is that when they play? Yes, and how many more players will drop out for Florida State before them? If you didn't like their backup quarterback playing at Florida State, and maybe that's the reason why they're not playing for a national championship, no worries about that. They're going to number three now, right, Steve? Yeah, three again. Of course, he played against the uh, in the ACC championship game that they won. Yeah, he did. Because Tate Rodemaker was out, and he'll play again this week. So, Rodemaker is going into the transfer portal, I believe. Correct. Hey, what would drama be without uh, that in Florida State? They'll probably still get it done somehow, some way, but Georgia will be a, a big test for them. But we'll talk to Matt Baker about that, who will be at the Orange Bowl this weekend, as well as uh, the Bucks resume their practices today in preparation for their game on Sunday against the New Orleans Saints. I have a chance to update their health. I think they're pretty darn healthy, to be honest with you. Um, Carlton Davis went into concussion protocol. Antoine Winfield Jr. is fine. We saw him after the game. No problems there. Shaq Barrett had a groin strain. We'll check on all that. And uh, I think Devin White might be all the way go and probably be your starting inside linebacker again, if I'm not mistaken. But we'll have all that with Todd Bowles today. Check it out in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com. And, Rick, the Lightning back in action tonight after the uh, NHL's three-day holiday break that they take every year. So the Panthers in town. Lightning, of course, riding a three-game win streak. They have three home games this week before they go on the road. So time to keep munching points, as John Cooper would say. Yeah, I mean, they're playing well, and they've been playing well at home in particular. they got to start changing those things on the road a little bit. But uh, Panthers is always a, a great, great test for them. It's been a nice rivalry in the postseason. They've knocked out Florida a couple times, so that's always fun to watch those teams get together. But you're right, uh, you know, coming off the holiday break and see if they can uh, maybe pick up, I don't know, six points or so in these next next three games. So, again, thanks for listening. We'll be back uh, tomorrow. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud, Tampa Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.